You're listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast. Reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. Today's episode is episode number 63. Questions to ask yourself before starting a new project. Welcome to the Effective Statistician with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, the weekly podcast for statisticians in the health sector who want to reach their potential to serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. If you haven't already done so, connect with me on LinkedIn, just find Alexander Schacht and connect with me. It would be awesome to, to share common interest and I'm regularly sharing all kinds of uh, interesting updates there as well. Today's episode is about lots of different activities that we are not usually working on. Well, of course, most of our day-to-day -day activities are clinical trials, studies, uh, submissions, all these kind of things. There's lots of other activities that we get involved in, uh, process improvement initiatives, um, initiatives to drive forward innovation, all kind of different stuff uh, that we work on. And today it's specifically about these type of projects. So today we are giving you advice on how to best pick the right projects for you because usually you have a say in that. This podcast is created in association with PSI, a global membership organization dedicated to leading and promoting best practice and industry initiatives. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to special interest groups, the video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars and much, much more. The reduced rate is just £20 for non-high-income countries and only £95 for high-income countries. Just visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of The Effective Statisticians. This time it's again Benjamin and myself. Hi, Benjamin. How are you doing? Hi, Alexander. Well, very well. Thanks. Thanks so much. It's an interesting topic that we have today. And it's about questions to ask yourself before starting a new project. And when thinking about this, um, it's not these kind of, let's say, usual projects that we are involved in. It's a clinical study you're asked to work on or the uh, real-world evidence projects that you're supposed to support. Not these type of projects. It's more about these projects that are, so to say, side projects. So let's say a process improvement uh, project that uh, starts and that you could volunteer for or that your supervisor may ask you for whether you have time to work on it. Or maybe you're thinking about a methodological project where you see some uh, need to uh, improve a certain method or further develop a, a certain method, and you would like to work on that, and you may need uh, support from the supervisor on this. So it's really about these kind of, so to say, on top projects. Yeah. Other, like we would usually call these initiatives, 
maybe so things where you can yeah. reviews if it's about process improvement so sop reviews or uh, for guidelines or implementation initiatives um, so there are different names for it so basically it is everything that somehow overlaps with your job or with your job as a statistician but is not the core Uh, the core study, the clinical studies, the type of studies that you are usually working on. Yeah. So, uh, and for lots of these projects, um, you may often have the freedom to, um, you know, get involved or you might need to ask, you know, if you're asked by your supervisor, you may be able to negotiate whether you're really involved. Uh, or whether there's another initiative that would uh, better fit with your uh, with your goals and things like that. And so today we are uh, going through quite a long list of uh, questions that you can use to see whether that's the right project for you. And um, I think there's a lot of projects that I see people starting on that never make it to the finish line. And I think that is very often before, because, uh, that one of these um, questions what not, was not asked at the beginning. And then people struggle to finish these kind of pro uh, projects. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's well, I mean, sometimes it's also that the, you know, it's not that the question not being asked, it's maybe that, that things change. So it's not necessarily just about the questions, but they at least help you for the decision uh, to either take the step or not. And, um, and actually going through the list, it doesn't, it doesn't seem that, that you need to answer all the questions with yes or anything. I think there are always, there may be some ups and downs in terms, in terms of, uh, advantages of doing it still, if you're not able to answer all the questions with a straight yes. So that's yeah. why it's kind of, um, still a support only to, to, support you with the decision um if you have a decision but if you <laughs> i mean in some cases that's why you know in some cases it's also difficult to really decide because if you are asked um, there might be um, there might be situations where um you know no you can't say no no yeah. it's not the right <laughs> answer so that's something <laughs> you need to uh, you need to find out before um before that anyway but yeah That's that's the question. But okay, so let's start with the question. So, what is the first question, Alexander? What do you think is the core questions that you should ask for the beginning? So, one of the core questions at the beginning is really, does it help the business? So, if you're working on the project and um, or you want to start an initiative, maybe a methodological initiative, um, I think it's really core to see how does it help the business at hand and not kind of thinking well it will help the industry long term in 30 years or something like this but can you explain to you know your management and upper management why the business will benefit from that uh, uh, in the next years exactly so. this is this is important because otherwise you don't get support I mean, your yeah. supervisor may support it or your colleagues may support it because they think it's a good idea. But actually, if it doesn't have the business, the support is very limited in the medium or long term um, if, if it's obvious that it doesn't really help the business. Yeah, and also kind of you may have now some free time and, you know, maybe people won't see it as critical. But um, usually when work pressure comes up, these kind of 
uh, other things that first fall off the plate and um, you yourself will have difficulty to prioritize it. So um, that's the first thing to really go into yourself and explore whether you know so you can confidently defend that it helps the business. Mm. And but but first for my for my under or for my experience, I would say this usually if the initiative gets onto your desk, it helps the business because otherwise it wouldn't have been initiated. So it's most cases it's quite obvious, but still that is the core question to be to get support in the long run. Yeah. The next question or the next kind of set of questions is really, am I the right person to work on this? Uh, or is there, you know, a much better person suited uh, somewhere around that also has capacity and, and these kind of things? And um, that is, well, I think it's a question that you need to have a little bit of thought about it. But, you know, um, there's lots of pros and cons around that. And I think, you know, a couple of the next uh, questions will uh, help you with it. But it's also if you're, let's say, if you're a supervisor, yeah, you can think about is is it me that need to work on that? Or is it maybe better that someone in my team works on that? That's that's true. And the, the question really is... Um the the right person is not necessarily do I have time for it because the capacities that you have may change over time. So this is something that is um, maybe it's a question for the beginning or if you already foresee the workload that is needed uh, during the next months or years or how, how long this is going on. However, I think on the um, it's really about the skills and about your as a person if you're the right person to work on this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think especially kind of the delegation topic is, is relevant. Um, okay, uh, next question is, uh, and that's related to am I the right question, uh, person about it, is am I excited about it? And I think this is a question that is far too often not asked because I think if there is good passion, then that helps to get overcome lots of blocks that uh, any project fear, uh, will will get into at some point sooner or later. Absolutely, I think this is one of my uh, history lessons learned. Uh, that you know, this question wasn't wasn't really asked by myself. Um, about a project because it might be interesting and like just from thinking and from theory you understand it's a good thing might be beneficial for for you for your department whatsoever but if you're not excited you don't have the drive to keep this um, alive uh, for especially when it gets to setting priorities on the long run uh, with you know with competing uh, tasks or other challenges that you have uh, at some point yeah it becomes kind of over time, it becomes really a burden. Then, if you're not excited, then you know. Of course, uh, for any project, where there will be times where you know some things are not that much fun. But if you're not really excited about the overall goal and why this project runs, it's really, really difficult. Okay, next question, which leads back a little bit to the if you're the right person. Yeah. 
is do I have the right skills? And um, I would kind of uh, like to combine that with another question, or what would it take to get the right uh, expertise? So, and can I tap into that? So, so I think um, it's sometimes quite nice not to know everything, but at least have a idea where to get all the additional knowledge. Yeah, is there someone in the organization that has the knowledge that could help me? Um, is, you know, do I know a book that I could easily read or is there some other kind of uh, sources out there? I'm, I'm pretty sure I tapped into lots of projects where I, at the beginning, thought, hmm, I'm not really sure whether I have the right skills, but at least I know who to ask. Yep. Excellent point. I mean, if you're, you know, if you if you don't speak Hungarian and you ask to translate something in Hungarian, then you're probably not the right person to take <laughs> You don't have the lack of skills, even though you have somebody uh, to work on, um, uh, you know, who knows Hungarian, then that might be the right person. to. Do. So, I mean, this is, this is really the key. If, you, if it's, uh, you know, if you don't have the skill set uh, for whatever it is, probably a lot of methodological, methodological back background, for example, um, then it might not be the right project or initiative to take on. Yeah. Um, The next uh, question actually goes back to something that um, we talked about earlier in the year uh, in one of the episodes, and that is about goal setting. And I think it's really important to see how this project um, aligns with my goals that I have set for the year. It should, you know, maybe it doesn't match 100%, But it should go in the right direction. Yeah. So, so uh, let's say you have set your goals to uh, get more knowledge around, let's say, uh, supervisory skills. Then maybe um, a project, a methodological project, where you always work on your by yourself and um, you don't work really with lots of other people, doesn't really help you with that goal. Yeah. So. Um, Uh, or the other way around, yeah, if uh, it's, it's the same thing. So I think um, thinking about your long-term goals helps you to determine, uh, is that the right project for me, yes or no? Yeah, exactly. I think it's this is something where, um, you know, the, it, might be, it might be thrilling or interesting to do, but again, it's if, if you have a long-term goal, um, the excitement might just disappear after a while because you see it's dragging you up, uh, away from from your overall goals. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it could potentially be that your goals are wrong, but I mean, <laughs> in general, I think it's really you know if you have your goals set and you're drifting apart, then that brings you into a situation where you um, don't want to be. And I don't take, I would say, don't take. Um, The risk, even though it might be an interesting project to uh, to take part of your capacities into a project which might be interesting, but doesn't align. So I would not recommend um, moving in two ways, basically, uh, with a goal on one side and an initiative on another side. 
And here's also a really, really nice area where you can negotiate with your supervisor. Let's say your supervisor comes up and say, oh, it would be great if you could work on this new initiative. And you say, well, we have agreed on these and these development goals for myself. Um, can you help me understand how it fits into these development goals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good and um, I, very often, well, the supervisor may have other pe- uh, options where he can, you know, resource a, a project and then say, well, maybe someone else is better equipped. Or different understanding of your goals could also be that this oh, is a misunderstanding yeah. or misinterpretation of the of the goals. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's also another uh, good thing. That, by the way, just reminds me of reminding everyone that talking to your supervisor might sometimes be very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep, for sure. And for all the supervisors, it really helps to speak to your uh, team. <laughs> okay, so um, the next question, I think, is a pretty obvious one. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's it's about do I have the resources or can I organize things to accommodate the resources? So basically, do you have the capacities or can delegate or work together with your supervisor, your team, uh, whatsoever, and uh, to to free up the resources and really make things happen? If it's on top of your usual workload, it will be a burden, If whether it's interesting or not, but it will be a burden if it's on top of everything else and you actually don't have the resource or the capacities. Yeah. And there, you know, for me, usually is um, things like around programming. Programming takes for me a really, really long time. And so if I have any kind of project that, that involves uh, lots of programming or simulation study or these kind of things, I usually need someone that helps me with that. And, you know, can I find that person? Is, is there uh, someone that would be willing uh, to help with these kind of things? So that is also kind of goes back to, to the expertise. You could see also kind of expertise as a resource. Do you, um, can you work together with someone that has uh, complementary expertise uh, compared to you so that overall that uh, moves forward or of course it could be you know that you need uh, some money as well yeah so that you need to uh, buy a license or whatsoever or you know um, you want to present at a conference and um, you need money for for travel or or things like that yeah so so uh, have a little bit of a thought about all these different resources. Yeah, that actually brings us to the next two questions uh, about, you know, what do I need budget for this to really understand what, what from uh, not human resource-wise um, resources you would need. Could be budget, could be like a different computer whatsoever. So it could be anything that's related to money. And on the other hand, it's also what other people do need to help me. So these two questions are actually almost covered with uh, with your answer already yeah <laughs> so it's really it, it's not you alone i mean it's an initiative sometimes you give input to a group of or to to something where where people ask you for your input or to support but really if you drive something some other project if you work on that then um you 
usually can't do this yourself and you need other people and you need the um, the support and you need the support of their supervisors to free up the people to get the capacities uh, to really uh, work with them. So this is a question you need to ask and actually you need to have the answer not only what other people need to help me but are they able to help me as well so it's not you alone. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of other people helping me, uh, one of these other people, of course, uh, and that's the next question, is your supervisor. So will your supervisor help you with this? Uh, is Will he be supportive of, of you working on this? Um, and that's, um, that's a little bit of a tricky question in that regard that um, if you have a supervisor that is, let's say, not that risk-averse, and really wants to make sure that the project uh, succeeds and that, you know, everything uh, that you're not kind of working on something that never ends, um, then it's really sometimes difficult to get direct buy-in uh, from the supervisor. Um, and in these kind of settings, it's sometimes helpful to ask another question. And that question is, um, is it worth taking the risk to move it forward as, so, so to say, a submarine project? Yeah. So, so something that uh, maybe you just for yourself or just with one colleague you work on for, for, for some time to get it at least in a state where um, you have something you know, some kind of prototype or some kind of pilot that, you know, uh, that is uh, proof of concept that shows that, you know, overall that works, will work. Yeah. Um, of course, the risk depends also on the time and resources that you need to work on it. But but if you think, well, maybe it takes me eight hours or 10 hours to, to get to that stage, well, maybe it's, something worth considering yeah <clears throat> maybe one step back for again for the supervisor uh, i mean there are also situations might not be your supervisor but somebody else um, who actually received the request for this supporting this initiative for this project himself and decided to not do it and just pass it on to somebody else so if that is the situation you may be quite certain that the interest in this project may not be as it would be if it's a thrilling project that that is you know made up and and will make your supervisor shine so it's really um it, it's a difficult question in general with a supervisor uh, but i think it is one of the key questions to success and then if uh, you know if your supervisor supports you or not I mean, so not support in terms of, you know, if you ask him three times, then he finally gives an answer. Support in, you know, if he's excited about this one as well and understands that, that, uh, this is important and this will support and will support you without any, let's say, pressure or any, any, uh, uh low, um, <clears throat> you know, low, um, Low risk. Low risk, exactly. Low risk, something, you know. So it's, it's, it's really kind of a, it's a key question to the whole, to the success of, of your project. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we are assuming here that you 
get along quite well with your supervisor overall and uh, you really work together as a team. Um, next question is also a little bit related to this uh, submarine kind of topic. Um, and that is, um, are there any early validation steps that I can take? So, um, and that is, you know, um, especially with projects that maybe run longer or where, you know, you need uh, more resources or things like that. It's really helpful to build in some kind of milestones where you check for visibility, where, where you check, well, is it still worth um, spending the time and things like that. And these kind of validation steps can also mean that, you know, you... Uh, maybe come up with a presentation of how the solution would look like and you share it with uh, business partners, which you would work together with these or, or which would need to kind of um, agree to the solution in the end or something like this. So make it a sequential design. Yeah, so to say. An <laughs> unblinding interim. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, I think if it's, if it's really wide field or uncertainties in there, um, just plan or or make it quite clear that give it two months and then make a come together with your supervisor or whoever is the owner or the um, sometimes from senior management like an executive sponsor or whatever this is then called who is the owner of this initiative and then give the feedback and allow for a better planning at that stage also with the you know, if it's a, if you realize it's not feasible or if you realize you don't get the support or whatever, this is, these are built in a, a step in between where you can, um, check with everyone who's involved, every stakeholder of this to, um, to plan the next steps or to just present where you are and what the next steps or what support is needed. Yeah. Yeah. And. I think this is anyway a good, um, let's say, some questions to ask yourself before you start the projects. What are kind of the initial steps? Can you come up with some kind of project plan? Um, and if you see a project as a very big project, uh, it's also sometimes maybe frightening to move it forward. And... Um, also, it's very easy to procrastinate on these kind of things. So um, sometimes it's re really good to kind of break it down into smaller actionable steps and see whether you can accomplish these and what's really the first step that you need to take. So, and so we, we now discussed through uh, quite a long list of questions and all of these questions I think in the end, for me, really sum up to to one question. Um, if you take all of that into account and have reviewed that, are you coming to a, yes, this is a hell yes for the project? <laughs> or is it something like, hmm, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> and if it's not... Yes, really a good pr project. Then better not do it. Um, because 
I think there's a lot of fear of missing out uh, on these kind of things. And in my history, you know, these projects come on a pretty regular basis and there's pretty lots of opportunities and there's, you know, lots of ideas that are floating around. But picking the right ones and working on the right ones uh, means saying no to a lot of actually of these projects and and uh, opportunities and i know that i far too often have said yes to these kind of things in the past yeah life is tough enough i mean we, why should we i mean if we have the chance again it's not it's not that you're being asked all the time whether you know choose a project and you have a list of projects which you can choose from so that's kind of an ideal world but in in, in reality um still if you have the choice and if you get the to the questions and you know we said before am i excited about it so if you're excited about it and then go through all the questions with the um with the where you you know use your your brain and try to get away from any um, excitement and any feelings. I mean, if it's about the budget, the support, so the the timelines and the organization around it. So if you if you get to all this and you are excited about it, and then it's a yes. It's it's a full yes. That's the right project. So you, I think that's that works. Yeah. So um, with that. We are at the end of our short episode today. Actually, it's not that short. It's actually quite in our target zone of 20 to 30 minutes this time. So um, thanks so much to listening and talk to you next week. Okay, bye. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks for listening. Please visit theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician. Reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.